Point Hammered is intended for an immature audience. So if you're easily offended, you best get to stepping. But if you'd like to stay, let's get hammered. What is going on, people? This is fucking Point Hammered, episode 125. Indeed. We nice. are coming up on the six-year Point Hammered reunion here, buddy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Beginning of June. Coming along. Yeah. What you been up to, dog? Well, I've been working on quite a bit of shit. Got my new paint rack completed. Uh, Built yeah. that motherfucker from scratch. Dome style? Or did you do something else? Nah, it's just made from base, basewood, basswood. Basswood, yeah. Um, chunks that I bought at the local Michaels. And it's 24 by 24 inches. And it kind of leans against the wall a bit. It's actually surprisingly sturdy. I haven't taken any pictures yet because... I'm waiting for two new lamps to arrive. Yeah. So at first I just wanted everything to be done. So I started going to stores looking for two clamp lamps with <laughs> like an articulating arm. Mm-hmm. Um, went to about eight different stores. <laughs> and uh, I just decided I'm just going to buy everything on the internet now. You couldn't find one? level of service, yeah. Fleet Farm had one. Yeah. But it was just a display model, and everything else was discontinued. So they could have sold me one. Nice. Bunch of bullshit. So uh, it should arrive any day now. So I'm going to put up a little blog post about it. It's fucking sweet. It's got 10 levels. It holds 85 GW paints <laughs> and 110 Vallejos. Nice. So I got put out, put all my paints on there. I still have room for probably another 20 or 40 paints sweet. depending on which brand <laughs> um it's fucking sweet i'm really glad i did it previously so the last time i kind of revised my paint setup was actually when i lived alone yeah and uh when i was in that apartment i had that standing desk was out of like in the living area yeah so at the time it was important that i'd be able to clean everything up you know, like if women come over. <laughs> so I had all my paints and like a tackle box and like all my brushes and shit. Yeah. So now I'm all nestled in. So now it's about efficiency. <laughs> I probably do spend previously maybe 2 to 5% of my time just trying to find the right paint bottle. <laughs> yeah. There's just like 40 sitting on my desk. <laughs> so it's totally cleaned it up. Got me pretty motivated for a brush solution. Um, I was asking on Twitter about lighting and brushes, what people use to hold them. Uh, same thing again, too. I just kept my brushes in the toolbox, and then if I use them frequently, I just had like a massive pile of them yeah. on the desk. So now I went through them, tossed a bunch that I never used, and then I actually am using old uh, Warhammer glasses that I have as my paintbrush holders. Like your trophies or what? Um, no, just like the cups you get. So I got a Quick City Rumble. It's, it's a pint glass, and that's where it's all the tools and brushes that are either unused or I use extremely infrequently. Yep. And then I just have a pack-a-mug that has all the frequent stuff that I use. Sure. So it's been working pretty good because it's... You take the paints, take the brush out, and then when I'm done painting, I just put them back. 
so it's always nice always and clean, tidy. nice and cleaned up and tidy. Yeah, so I get some pics when when my new lamps show up. <laughs> but pretty pumped about that. Yeah. Other than that, the campaign's been going well. The battles have been getting really close. Yeah. I'm still on a pretty good streak, like like five or six wins. But my closest ones have actually. When it's ended up just one-on-one battles, yeah, those are my toughest ones. Because mm. in multiplayer, you can always manipulate, use the enemy's <laughs> minds, the meta game, <laughs> the old silver tongue. <laughs> but uh, Jerry was trying that stuff, the old legend, so they started calling him Copper Tongue because it didn't quite work as well. Yeah, he's not very charismatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so me and uh, Ledge are actually going to do a battle report. Uh, for the blog here within the next week or so. Yeah. So people can see how the, the cards and everything work out. People have been asking some questions about that. Are you going to record it for the podcast? Because we're not um, going to have a next episode? No, probably not. It'll just be all on the blog there. <laughs> yeah. And maybe we'll do some kind of audio thing. Other than that, the uh, Infinity, I actually tried out, played some games. Yeah. With Ladge, we played through the Ice Storm starter set. Which gives you like seven models for two of the factions, and then there's kind of like escalation scenarios where you start with three little basic troopers, and then you add one like kind of one off guy, yeah, and then you do that over the five scenarios. So the last one has essentially everybody in that little war band, everybody's got different rules and stuff. It's it's pretty fun, it's a, definitely a change of pace from uh, Warhammer type stuff. The rules are. are really cool and the shooting and stuff you get reactions and dodges and it's really um um really cool yeah the way that turns work is kind of like every dude gets an order basically and then so you have like a pie if you have seven dudes you have seven orders you know it's a little more complicated than that and then you can either move each guy once or you could move one guy like seven times so even though it's only three turns each yeah. for a game, it's super dynamic. You have guys running all the way across the field and back yeah, and like kind of running around corners and stuff like that. So it's really kind of cool because you got to set up your, like your lanes of fire because you, know, you could have a guy move like 20 or 30 inches. <laughs> He's going to use all of his that team's orders to try to do it. But like if you leave a corner exposed or something, a dude can come around the corner, like blast you in the back. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool. I, I'm going to be uh, painting this shit now. I got everything assembled. Mm-hmm. Um, so going forward, you might see some of those models. Uh, but yeah, so I'm kind of moving away from the campaign stuff. Although I, I'll be painting some of those as well. We're moving up to 400 points here. Nice. So it's getting some pretty big units. <laughs> Um, might add an exalted flamer though. That should soak up a lot of points. <laughs> Be pretty sweet. Okay. Anyways, um, yeah, that's that's been going on with me. A lot of lot of gaming going on for me. Yeah. What have you been? What have you been doing? You probably been slaying it as well. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of painting. I've been working on the latest Orctonian steed. Ah. <laughs> Steed is the generous term for a pig, <laughs> but I've uh, been having a hoot with him. I think technically anything that's ridden is a steed, right? You could be my that- steed later, son. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, been having fun, just working with different colors still, making up colors as I go along. I'm about 
and maybe an hour from having him completely finished and then getting going on the rider. So he'll be the unit champ. Mm-hmm. Making good progress. Just getting my fucking paint juices working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still doing a ton of housework, though, as was evidenced by the downstairs of my crib. Mm-hmm. It's been a fucking real shit show lately, so. It's fucking demolished. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. I'll have some. Um, I think the reason I couldn't get good pictures of the last couple models I took, I've been fucking theorizing why this is, because I had the same setup now, mm-hmm. now that I got my camera charger back. I uh, I think it's that different clear coat. I switched over to the Krylon stuff, mm-hmm. and even though it says matte, it's not really fucking matte. It's mm-hmm. more like a satin. So I think that's what's fucking up my ability to get good pictures in my paint setup, because I kind of have a bay window Mm-hmm. with panorama windows across the front so it's too much light and all i get is reflections off the clear coat so i think i'm going to try and re-clear coat the last couple models mm-hmm. i painted see if i can yeah. get better picks but that i'm i'm 95 percent sure that's what's yeah, that fucking makes sense and that stupid fucking krylon clear coat is probably going to go in the trash sure bullshit <laughs> yeah, it's fine for me yeah so cool man we got the fucking email of the week here or mm-hmm. what? All right, so this is for uh, Mark Callahan. Hello, gents. Looks like I'll be painting historical 28mm minis for a few more months till Warhammer 9th edition rolls out. I utilize my mojo to work on the Spanish Corona Regiment. <laughs> Take a look below. Regiments in the rule set I play with max out at 16 models. It's a reluctant group of misfits who fought in the Peninsular Campaign in the Napoleonic Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what picks have as that you... E- Picks of the stuff that he's sending. They look email. pretty fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like the hats. <laughs> They're like top hats on. <laughs> Dudes mm-hmm. with rifles and top hats. And now a painting question for you. The next historical regiment I'm working on is the Grand Espinola. Pretty cool headgear, as you can see in the historical sketch below. A bunch of tall, bearded hard asses combined into one unit. Yup, I need them soon to bolster my forces. So they kind of have like tall, fuzzy hats. <laughs> yeah, just like, what do you think of? Maybe think of Napoleon. It's a huge fur-covered hats, and then it has these like weird feathers and cloth. it's kind of like a banner, kind of hanging from the back of it. Yeah, kind of like a purity seal or some shit <laughs> hanging off the back of the head. Yeah, uh, I'd say they're decorated with intricate designs. Yeah, in the artwork, and now he's got a picture of the actual models. Okay. Um, yeah. So then, what is the best way to freehand paint the tabards that come out of the back of their headgear? They're blank now. Not sure of the best method that would combine good looks with accuracy and, most importantly, speed. I don't want to end up painting these tabards, tabards for a zillion hours. want to get them on the table so I can game with them. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear your thoughts on the best techniques and find out if you've done anything similar. Thanks for the cool podcast, Mark. Show sure. The problem with it is is the historical photos show him, and he's matched the color scheme on the historical models on his, or the historical artwork in his models, but they're red with yellow slash gold art on them. Mm-hmm. So if it had been black art, you could just go get a little Micron Pigma pen, fucking pen some random shit on there and call yeah. it a day. Well, that's what I was going to say. There's actually... There's more than just black micron pens. There's all kinds of color micron pens. Yeah, I have could. almost every color of those, and they're not going to cover red. You have to go with something darker if you're going to color. Well, you could start color. with, um, do a couple different layers. Like you could start with black and then go over and do red, or start with a red and then try to use a finer micron pen to do like an outline yeah. of the red. I think I would just base coat the whole fucking thing red, add maybe a layer of highlights, and then 
do the artwork on top of that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you could get a really th- slimline paint. What do you call that? Like a tester's paint marker. They might make really s- slim ones, or you might be able to get. Because I've was doing some digging on calligraphy, and you can get brush markers that have paint in them, not ink. Mm-hmm. And Interesting. The, those might work for that. You'd have to do some research into whether whether it exists. Which I know paint markers like that exist, but whether they would cover well would be the question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Otherwise, yeah. sounds fucking like get out a skinny brush and plan on spending <laughs> a zillion hours. I don't yeah. think it would really take too long. You would just do like a a dark yellow over the red to you know to get your artwork on there, your designs. Like the kind of thing that that there would be like decals or some shit for it. Totally does. Probably online. Yeah. I don't know. I always thought decals. Hassle those things are i haven't really tried one for like yeah 20 years nor have i and i always thought they were pretty shitty looking in the end but if you get into it schmitty's been doing historic planes mm-hmm. from world war ii and he's done a lot of shit with decals if you get into that and look at how historic modelers do their decals they make some solutions that make them seamless so you can't tell it's a fucking decal it's really fucking slick Mm-hmm. So, if you're going to do decals, definitely look into that. I know if you look on Etsy and places like that, you can get custom decals made. So, if you could finagle that shit, mm-hmm. just get some custom decals. Paint them red, get some custom decals with the yellow artwork on there. Call it a fucking day. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any easy way to do that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you do, let us know how it turned out, what you did. Yeah, for sure. In the end, if you just end up painting them. Spending 45 minutes a guy <laughs> to perfect it. <laughs> oh, That's what okay. I would do. Fucking Gary Goddamn yeah. team. So. so, yeah, that was in response to our question about ninth edition. What are you doing in, while you're waiting for us? So it sounds like this cat's working on some historical stuff. Yep. Moving on to voicemail. We got Paul Wagner chiming in with what he's up to. All right. Let's fucking listen to it. Well, hello. My name is Paul Wagner, and I'm calling in because you guys were asking on the last episode of things you were doing uh, for ninth coming and not knowing what to do with your armies. And I just wanted to let you know that I was actually making sure I'm finishing off old projects, like one-off level miniatures and trying new things. I tried to do a jewel and trying to do more extensive basing. So I think maybe that's a good idea, what to do with things for nice. Yeah, it's Paul Wagner. Uh, just liking what you guys are talking about. Looking forward to next episode. Thanks. Bye. Oh, my God. This is the worst moment of my life. This nerd <laughs> voice has to die. <laughs> Fucking well, hate it. You hear how he's responding. I think it's going to be flourishing here. You know it's going to flourish is my fucking, the heart attack that I've had in a couple of years. It's just going to be that much worse because of all this fucking irritation mm-hmm. that you dickweeds are fucking heaping upon me. Yeah. Fucking. Anyways, thanks for the voice, Mal Paul. I think that, that's a good idea, working on terrain and shit for like the home tables. I got some trees that I never, um, I picked them up, but I never did anything with them. So that might be the next thing I work on, try to get my home terrain in order yeah. for uh upcoming podge this this july here <laughs> planning another podge huh mm-hmm. well, this one will be the, the podge to end all podges yeah, <laughs> the podge of ages <laughs> eric is uh 
So we're, it's probably just going to be double as a bachelor party type thing. Oh, yeah. Um, we're going to have some fucking topless bitches serving yeah, beer? Topless Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had that last year. <laughs> I fucking hire some hookers. Oh, Eric. Hookers. Um, he really wants to go somewhere because for his, we went up to the, I don't know, wherever it is on the fucking border with Michigan and up by the UP. Yeah. Where they don't allow strippers in Michigan or something. Yeah. So everybody like makes Hudson a run for the border. Like yeah. So there's a town with a bunch of strip clubs. <laughs> and then his brother went on some big trip. And so I'm like, nah, I ain't doing any of that shit. I'm like, you're going to come over. You're going to break out your Warhammer stuff <laughs> that you've had packed up for 12 years. You're going to fucking break it out. You're going to play Warhammer with us. And you're going to have a good time. And he's like, okay. I don't think you guys are too far from the Showtime Club up there, are you? <laughs> uh... Yeah, it's right down the road. Once we get you loosened up, the <laughs> Kelly comes yeah. home and just models laid out across he tables, actually, yeah. dice down, <laughs> no dudes in sight. He moved out kind of by Marshfield, out in the middle of nowhere. Then there's like this greasy strip club teasers. Oh yeah, out in the middle of nowhere, uh, like sandwich in between all these farms. I think there's a cruise in Chubby's on the way to like just down like 39 or 29, whatever it is towards. I don't even know the goddamn roads up uh, there. On the way to the Twin Cities. On the way to the Twin yeah, Cities. Yeah, yeah, just like in the goddamn middle of it's nowhere. It's just like this greasy old building. <laughs> and it's got chubbies in the name. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know it's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's going to be great. <laughs> Speaking of the Twin Cities, the event of the week, North Star 2015. I've seen that email come been announced through. Yeah. October 17th, 18th. We'll have a link up on the show notes. You can head over there and actually register. It's going to be... Using eighth edition rules, and um, it's gonna be a fantasy flight again. Yeah, sweet ass venue. Cool. I'm I'm not gonna make it. This I'm gonna be in Hawaii uh, that weekend on our honeymoon. Nice. But um, yeah, check it out. It's a good time for sure. All the Skull Bros will be there. Kind of their home event, and John kind of saying it might be the last one. No shit. Yeah. He's had enough of it, huh? Well, yeah. Just with all the ninth edition shit. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I think the tournament organizers in the summer and fall are in a tough position. If you have eighth edition, if you just announce it and then, you know, if ninth comes out and everybody likes it, or it's just a tough position to be in. Because if ninth had been out for a month or two, I wouldn't show up to any eighth edition tournament. I'd, I'd just be done with it. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, if it comes out and you change it, then like you're, you know, you're changing everything on people that have already paid and have already paid and signed up and have been planning for it. I'm not envious of them, but with the bullshit, what pack I had to go through with all the end times releases, I really don't have any pity here. <laughs> uh, I don't know. All right. Are you cool. Gonna, are you gonna go to it? Uh, we'll it's see. Close to Alamo. We got, yeah, we got Alamo. I got a wedding Hello. there. We got, I'll be out in, yeah. on the West Coast for two weeks. I got. Yeah, now that I've been thinking about it, I'm not sure if I actually will be able to go to Alamo with yeah. the wedding and then that Hawaii vacation. So Alamo, you know I think, I is like that? a week or two later. <laughs> <laughs> that, you dickweed. <laughs> uh, anyways, moving on here. North Star. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah, we'll have a link in the show notes. You been reading, listening? Yeah, still reading Best Served Cold. I'm about, I don't know, two-thirds of the way in. Oh, nice. 
She's killed like the, f- the fourth or the fifth fellow that she's got on her list to kill. Still pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Just when you think it fucking can't get any worse for some of those characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Friendly just left. I really like that dude. He's pretty entertaining, bro. He's yeah. got dice and he's all about the numbers. He's a real mm-hmm. Rogerian. Yeah. Numbers <laughs> Fucking <man>. weirdo. <laughs> Living in the prison, everything yeah. was orderly. Yeah, simple safety guy like that could excel. Yeah, yeah, super good book though, man. I'm well into it. So, mm-hmm. I started a Skull Throne on audio. Yeah, that's the latest in the Demon Cycle, which the first one in that series was the Warded Man. Yeah, did you listen to that one or re- read it? Um, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, this. This one is the newest one. It just came out like a month or two ago. But it's been a few years since the last one. I think I listened to all three of them while I was painting the demons yeah. to get ready to go to the UK. So that's two years from now. Um, yeah, that it's kind of a tough jumping back into it because there's like a Muslim culture yeah. in it. And... Um, like, I've kind of forgotten all the characters. All their names are really similar. Yeah. And then they have different titles. And then it, there's, like, different words for everything. It's, like, some real dune, dune shit, like the Kisak. Uh, yeah. Rock, whatever the <laughs> fuck it is. Um, the Kisak Hadarak. So, <laughs> if, if it's been a while and you want to get in on the series, I, go, I will go back and listen to the third one again. Yeah. Just to refresh yourself. Because it starts out following these... The warded man, and then this chick that he picks up, and then this other guy. And then as the novels progress, it's all about this, like, Muslimish kingdom. So all the characters, like, have basically been discontinued, all the old ones. Yeah. It's just, like, new characters now. Sure. I'm sure the old guys will come back around, but so far it's been pretty good. Um, definitely had to go back and read some wiki material (laughs) to to remember what the fuck was going on yeah i don't know if you remember or not but i was listening to the profession by pressfield last time yeah i just gave up on it i couldn't get into it so Mm. my uh yeah my first pressfield review was one of the best audiobooks i ever read and then this one was pretty meh so Mm -hmm. the profession take it or leave it (laughs) if you got nothing else to listen to maybe I i did get into mistborn I think that's Stephen Caulfield. No, Brandon Sanderson. Oh, yeah, Sanderson. That's right. I wrote down the wrong name. <laughs> but uh, that's super cool. More of a fantasy type thing. Fucking yeah. Weird ways of working magic People and shit. well-versed in that one. Yeah. He's working on the second book in the follow-up one. He did, like, after the first trilogy, there's one, the Alloy of Law, that's a couple hundred years later. Yeah. So people are using guns and shit, and it's mm-hmm. like Wild West. By using the same kind of magic, cool. Like how would it would be? So he's working on another follow up to that one. I actually like that one better than the original. Oh yeah, trilogy. So I'm looking cool. forward to the other two. So it's nice to. This has been motivating the Ortonian painting. So mm, excellent. Would uh, been obsessing over anything? Anything new? Yeah, I hate to say it. In terms of TV shows, I've been stuck watching what the woman's been wanting to watch so it's like flip or flop or house hunters or something since we're looking really? for a house <laughs> but I'm not going to talk about those <laughs> I'm just pointing out why I'm not into TV shows right now I mean I, I enjoy them but not really worth talking about but I have been getting into Civilization 6 Beyond Earth buddy uh, wasting time slaying aliens and going to Saturn I won my first step. game the African Federation uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 
Does so, it like start out in space, or it starts is it the same as all the other ones, and then you can just get further along into space than you've been able to previously? No, it starts out in space. So you start by picking where you want to land on this planet and making your city, and then getting going on it. And mm-hmm. then nobody else really starts at the same time you do. It always takes people will be arriving for the first like fifty turns. So every once in a while, a new civ will just drop into the map on a spot and start fucking doing their thing, being dickweeds. But <laughs> it's interesting. But there's so much going on that like the techs are all different and all this. So I, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. I'm just researching <laughs> techs along the same like paths. Like purity is the one I've been going for so far, and mm-hmm. I, have, I did win it, but I wasn't really sure how I won it or even how to win the game. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> There's just a little section that's like victories, and then it tells you what you have to do to win that type of victory. And I don't know. I'm not really stoked on it, so I did go back and play some Civ Five. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's fun. It's interesting. I found it to be the exact same thing as Civ Five, just in outer space. So uh, I feel like outer space. <laughs> I like the new Civ. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Civ, you'll like it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. There's a lot to learn, though. So, But I've been having fun with that. I think I... I left it on all week and would just occasionally play turns last week. Mm-hmm. So I, I clocked 44 hours. Then <laughs> 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 this is just literally just, oh, I'm walking by. I'll play for 15, 20 minutes uh-huh. and then go do something else. And uh, well, That's kind of cool if you can keep it running like that. I'm going to get like these board game apps where you... I don't know if you've been looking into that, but pretty much any kind of board game now almost has an app version yeah. where they're working on it. Sure. So like any kind of turn-based app or board game, you can play with friends online. Yeah. You're playing like Lords of Waterdeep. So okay. like you just take a turn, and then you know, a couple hours later, your buddy responds, uh, and then it goes back around, and that's your turn again. So you kind of yeah. play a game over like a week or two. Sure. It's pretty fun. Good way to distract yourself at work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's pretty dangerous because you can play all that shit against computers online. Yeah. So you could just like, when I first got it, I probably played two or three games. Yeah. Lords of Waterdeep in a row. Just at work all day? No. Just when I got it on the weekend at home. Yeah. It's almost kind of reminded me of Warhammer Quest where you can just burn a lot of time doing nothing, Mm. working on them. Yeah. But it's kind of fun to be able to play those at a really quick pace because normally you got to get a bunch of people it's a big hassle like right. game night and then it takes two hours to get through it <laughs> when it's all computer control this is like boom 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 yeah i know it's not not really quite the same experience because it's really hard to figure out what other people have going on to like because you're not there in the moment yeah you can like go around and click and see all their resources when you just click on them but you just have to you can't ever get the big picture of everything the way you can when you're playing against other people, where I see how many resources you have, what quests you have, yeah. how many intrigue cards you're holding, sure, stuff like that. Well, so that's that's kind of what I've been up to for my obsession lately. Cool. I remember old school fucking PlayStation Risk. That was the shit. Yeah. Because nobody could cheat. I'm sure there's there has to be a Risk app you could get that's like that. Yeah. I still have that shit for the original PlayStation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Been years since I played it, though. No. Did you broke out the, the PS1? <laughs> I think they, the games were backwards compatible. I think I have a... I don't know if I have a PS2 or a PS3. I, I think they stopped... Yeah, they did stop with the latest doing one. it, yeah. But I don't remember if I have a PS2 or a PS3 anymore. Well, it's been so long. It's interesting with the current consoles. 
A lot of it is like you just buy the games through the system yeah. and download them. Which yeah. Makes sense. But then it's like kind of cutting out all those like game stops and shit. Yeah. Like those probably won't be around much longer. Well, much like bookstores and mm-hmm. shit like that. Fucking evolution, bro. World's changing, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep up or you're going to drown. All right. You got a motherfucking music pick or what? Yeah. This one has been expired by my Infinity gameplay experience. So when I've been working on Infinity models or when I was doing all those games against Ledge. Um, so Brelian's been listening to the Tron soundtrack. Yeah. So I've been looking for like good other techno kind of bands. So I've been listening to this um, DJ dude named Clayton. He has like a project called Cell Dweller. That's all these. It's probably been around for like 15 or 20 years. Yeah. And if you look on Spotify, there's just like endless CDs and remixes and instrumentals of everything. Yeah. But so it's, it's pretty awesome if you just go to that channel. It'll just play endlessly all these kind of techno-y songs. Sure. And he has like a lot of instrumentals, which are the good ones, I think, that he has. Like when he actually sings, it's weird. It kind of reminds me of like 90s music, <laughs> like like Corn or... Uh, Gravity Kills or Nine Inch Nails. So it's right up like, your alley, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me of those bands that I kind of liked when I, yeah, I was like a young guy. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. So like I've been going back and I'm like, like is Corn still around? Do they still have albums? And like I was like looking at, they have like 12 albums. And like all the guys are old and like have pudgy faces still around. But yeah, so the instrumental tracks are pretty good. And one of the albums is super epic it's called first person shooter yeah so this is a song off that one it's called wings of icarus Mm. it'll just be like a little three minute clip all right sweet
All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right, man. We got fucking point hammered history, and it's my fucking turn. Turns out I got another fucking story here. From November of 2003. Holy shit. <laughs> Kicking it <laughs> fucking old school. This is when I was... Is this on your GeoCities <laughs> webpage or did you have Angel Fire? <laughs> I think I had Angel Fire, dude. <laughs> this is when I was fucking neck deep in dwarfs. And at the time... God, I got the fucking farts today. At the time, I was fucking playing against i think it was ben jam and skaven something inspired me to write a song with dwarves and skaven mm-hmm. so this is the fucking result it looks long but <laughs> i don't think it'll take more than a few minutes uh. the title of this is under mountain forewarning valen raised his left arm to signal a halt to the company the stench of skaven that filled the corridor was increasing the further they went Valen Forgebond had been an ironbreaker since the time many of those with him were beardlings. He and seven others were in the tunnels far beneath the hold in the deepest parts of the mountain on a patrol. There had been a marked increase in signs of Skaven in, the, in recent weeks, and the lord of the hold, Thur Woden's son, had directed the Underwatch to double patrols and use caution. About five meters in front of the breakers, the tunnel curved sharply to the left. From having patrolled these tunnels for decades... Valen knew that a hundred yards beyond that curve, the tunnel opened into a large cavern which contained an underground lake. All right, lads, he said in a hushed voice. If the rats are gathering, there's a good chance it is happening around this bend. As much as, me wa- as much as we may want to run in and start cracking skulls, our goal is to protect the hold. We'll do our best to observe their numbers and gauge whether this is a raid or an invasion, and then we'll head back. If it looks like an invasion, we have to make it back to the rune gate and be sure it gets closed. Aye, sir, sounded the troops in whispers. Valen turned back toward the direction they were traveling and began to approach the bend as silently as possible. He cursed the heavy clumsiness he felt in the suit of Grommel armor he wore. The discomfort of good dwarven Grommel is far superior to a scaven blade in the back, he thought. The verminous reek of the skaven was incredibly strong as he peered around the bend in the tunnel. Just as he poked his head around the corner, a quick chitter told him he had made a mistake. A sudden crack on his helmet told him that the descending blade had hit his head. Fortunately for Valen, his armor easily stopped the cheap dull blade from harming him, and he raised his shield to stop a second bro from hitting him as well. As the blade bounced off Valen's shield, Gautram and Cully leapt around the corner, Gotram smashed the rat man that was attacking Valen in the head with his hammer. The blow managed to crush its muzzle with a crunch, followed by a shriek of pain from the thing. It fell, clutching its face, and Gotram stomped its neck as he sidestepped a blow from another skaven. Cully's axe whispered past his raised shield and severed the arm of the ratman who had swung at Gotram. The thing howled briefly before having its skull split by a now fully recovered Valen. Suddenly the tunnel was filled with only the dull rumbling of the waterfall in the cavern ahead. Valen spoke. So much for stealth. Let's get up to that opening and see what we're dealing with. He looked back to be sure all his breakers were with him. They nodded eagerly and followed as he turned to lead them. One of the worst parts of tunnel fighting was being in in the back of the troop. While your comrades were fighting just a few feet ahead of you, you could do nothing but wait for them to fall or finish off the enemy. Crowding them from behind did them more harm than good. 
That was until they went down, of course. Then there was a chance you could step in and save them. The doors filed down the corridor, two abreast. They walked as silently as possible, and the lighted opening of the tunnel got larger. Valen became aware of the fact that the rumbling of the waterfall contained another noise as well. There was a dull, intermittent rumble echoing through the tunnel. The dwarves split into two groups and made the last ten yards to the opening with their backs to the wall on either side of the corridor. Valen shook his head in dismay at what he saw. From their vantage point, about eight meters off the floor, they could see across the entire cavern. Inside were dozens of Skaven warriors milling about in what appeared to be total confusion. The rumbling sound they had heard was the wooden wheels of a large construction that was being pushed by several ratmen, and upon which hung a giant bell. There was another giant bell sitting on a litter next to a heap of wood that some ratmen were attempting to put together to carry it. Among the many ratmen present, there were a few who were grossly overgrown. Rat ogres, whispered Valen. At the end of the cavern to the left of the opening stood a small, robed skaven on top of an outcropping of rock. He bore a staff which glowed green at the tip and was attempting to direct the skaven on the floor. The robed rat appeared not to notice that none of his brethren were paying him any heed. Valen heard an alert from one of the other breakers in his troop. He looked back to, th- to see three skaven warriors approaching quickly from behind them. The ironbreakers at the end of the line, Jotun and Jaime, were already turned to face them. With a screech, the first ratman attacked Jaime. He was easily able to duck under the blow. Before the creature could recover, he slammed his hammer into his face with more than enough force to shatter the skull beneath. Valen looked back, out of the tunnel, and saw that the screech had attracted the attention of the host below. Many of the skaven down there were heading towards the ramp which led up to the opening where the ironbreakers stood. Valen looked back down the corridor to see that Jotun had finished off the second skaven. As he and Jaime converged on the third, it turned and fled. Back to the rune gate, quickly, said Valen. The doors began to make haste back in the direction they had come. If they could get to the rune gate and close it, it would easily hold back anything the Skaven could throw at it. The rune gates beneath the hole had stood for hundreds of years and were imbued with the most powerful dwarven runes of protection. If they could get the gate closed, they would have plenty of time to warn the dwarves living above and have enough clansmen gathered to easily deal with the threat. Despite the large head start they had, Valen knew there was no way they could outrun the Skaven all the way back to the Rune Gate. They were, no doubt, easy to follow due to the large amount of noise they made as they followed the winding tunnels. Valen heard the Ratmen drawing near and knew they would have to stand and fight. Jotun, who was now leading the troop, turned right down a side tunnel. The gate was closed now. Valen followed the turn that the rest had taken and called the halt. The rats were close on his heels. We'll make a stand here. If we can fight them back at this point, we'll easily make it to the gate, he said through short breaths. He and the rest of the dwarves turned and lined up three abreast, just as the first of the Skaven rounded the corner. The three dwarves in the front charged up and began slaying the startled Skaven, who were being pushed ahead by those flooding up from behind. Fallon hacked with his axe and blocked with his shield, finding himself falling into a rhythm. Cully, also in the front shoved a skaven back with his shield as his axe sheared part of the head off with another blow. He could feel the force of blows bouncing off his armor constantly, but as yet he remained unscathed. Theron, fighting between Cully and Valen, found himself in the same situation. He swung his hammer with the fury of the grudge and the skill of the experienced dwarf warrior. He heard a bellow next to him and the clank of armor on the floor. He knew that meant that Cully had gone down. Searing pain ran through Cully's leg as a lucky Skaven blow found a way through his encasing armor. He cursed loudly as he fell over into the wall and then to the floor. 
Valen and Theron fought with renewed fury, pushing back the Skaven immediately in front of them. Gurney, who was behind Cully, leapt over the downed dwarf and smashed into the Skaven who had wounded him. His momentum was halted as the Ratmen slammed into the one behind him, and Gurney brought down his hammer hard and fast on its exposed ribcage before it could recover. Those behind helped Cully get to the back of the troop. He stood up shakily, wary of how much damage had been done to his leg. He found that it could still support his weight, despite the pain. I'll continue back to the rune gate, he said to Yodin. If I can make it, it should have plenty of time to close. I'm sure we'll meet again. He laid his hand on Yodin's shoulder, then turned and limped away quickly down the dark tunnel. Valen's axe arced back and forth. The first swipe struck the shield of an unlucky skaven, and the second smashed down into its collarbone. The second skaven to step up into the mounting bodies of its kin didn't look nearly as bold about it as the last five or six. It lacked the savage sneer in its mouth and the bold glint in its eye that its predecessors had. Balan roared a war cry and raised his axe. At that point, the ratman had apparently had enough. First, the ones in combat turned to flee and were rewarded with cold dwarven steel smashing into skulls and backs. The ones behind them saw this, and momentarily it became a complete fallback as the Skaven turned to flee. They won't run for long, huffed Valen. Let's get back to the rune gate before that rogue rat brings them back around. He turned on the floor, which was slippery with Skaven blood and entrails, and followed the rest of the lads in the direction Cully had gone. Moments later, the tunnel was filled with a bright green flash which came from behind them. They continued running regardless. The dwarves rounded a bend in the corridor minutes later, and the tunnel straightened out. They could see Cully less than 20 feet ahead of them, approaching the area where the tunnel widened slightly. On both sides of the corridor, there are large pillars reaching up, and it was wide enough between the pillars for three doors to stand side by side. Keep going, lads. Yet Valen. They could hear the scam pursuit closing once again. We'll stand and fight... As close to the gate as we can. If Grungy is with us, we can get through before it closes. They continued running until they were about 20 meters from the gate. Cully didn't stop there. He ran on to get through the gate so we could flip the switch and begin the closing of the doors. Valen and the rest of them turned and continued backing towards the door briefly before the first of the Skaven reached them. Valen, Jaime, and Miller took the charge. Valen raised his shield to block the charging Skaven spear. The half shattered on impact and brought the Skaven well within Valen's reach. He struck out and decapitated it. Jaime felt the impact of the second Skaven's sword on his shield arm. It didn't come close to penetrating his armor. The same wasn't true for the effects of his hammer on the Skaven's thigh. The beast screeched as Jaime's hammer impacted its leg with a crack. Miller made quick work of his assailant. Its attack went wide to the right, and Miller's hammer slew it easily as it crashed down on the back of the vermin's neck. The three continued to back up when there was no enemy presenting himself. Slowly, fighting, they made their way back to the rune gate. A loud click followed by the slow grating of stone on stone meant that Cully had made it to the switch. Within two minutes, the rune gate would be closed and sealed. There would be no getting out until those on the other side threw the switch again. Valen's goal was to fight his way backward through the closing gate, then hold the Skaven at the door while getting all his lads through. Fortunately, the narrow corridor would not allow the overwhelming numbers of Skaven to be beneficial to them. A cry next to Valen told him that Jaime had been struck. A quick glance showed him that a Skaven spear had gone through his beard and into his throat beyond. Blood already ran down the front of his armor in a wide stream. The Skaven pulled back its spear and Jaime slumped backward into the waiting dwarves. Yatin stepped forward over the fallen Jaime and bowed his rage at seeing his comrade fall. He kicked the ratman low in the shin, then brought his hammer down hard on the rat-like face. Two of those behind lifted Jaime by the shoulders and dragged him the last few meters through the rune gate. The gate was about a third of the way closed 
When they set him and his hammer down next to the wounded Cully and headed back to the fray, Cully shook his head in dismay at seeing his dead friend. A roar at the end of the hall caused a momentary break in the raging combat. Valen risked a glance as he swung his axe down on the distracted Skaven in front of him and saw that one of the huge rat ogres had entered. The Skaven in the back seemed to be parting to let it through. During the quick lull in the fighting, the dwarves took the opportunity to back up further. They passed the slowly closing gates and lined up to prevent any Skaven from passing through. Many Skaven rushed forward after the dwarves as the rat ogre stomped through the hall. Any Skaven unfortunate enough to be in its way were swatted about like insects. Valen lost hope that the door would close before any Skaven could get through. The hack and slash resumed, with Valen, Miller, and Gurney doing the fighting. It looked like the gate would be closed enough to prevent the rat ogre from getting through by the time it reached the front of the hall. There were already seven Skaven between the closing doors and the dwarf line. None more could push themselves into the press of bodies. The dwarves fought with fury, blocking, slashing, ducking, chopping. Many more, many lives above depended on their ability to hold the gate. The more Skaven they killed, the more that piled in through the heavy stone doors that sunk slowly shut. Valen saw the rat ogre finally reach the gate. The creature's width was too great to allow it through. It reached its arm through, swatting the Skaven, both live and dead, which stood on the dwarven side. If that thing would just turn sideways, it could likely slip through, noted Valen. He smirked under the concealment of his helmet at the stupidity of the beast. The few Skaven who were left on the dwarven side of the nearly closed rune gate were being forced to pay as much attention to the flailing appendage of the stuck rat ogre as to the dwarves. Whenever one came within reach of the dwarf line, they were quick to strike it. The last 15 seconds of the gate closing was a spectacle to behold. The remaining Skaven that had made it through were killed, and just outside the gate, the rat ogre screeched and slashed about, trying to reach the dwarves. The thing threw itself against the magical doors time and again, but it was quite pointless. As the doors were nearly shut, the beast's arm became stuck, and it was unable to remove it. Thrashing about and attempting to free itself, it succeeded in tearing its own arm off, in a spray of blood that covered the defending breakers and with a wail that was almost enough to make the defenders feel, fit, feel pity for it, the monstrosity broke free. Its arm still hung between the doors, seven or eight feet above the floor. And the last sight the doors had of the other side was the rat ogre fiercely thrashing around amid the mob of Skaven, killing left and right. Fallon gave Gurney the job of assisting Cully back to the hold to see a medic. Gotram and Jotun were given the honor of carrying Jaime back to the upper levels, while the rest of them made haste back to the halls above to warn of the Skaven forces down below. All right, that's fucking point hammered motherfucking the history. Fucking power of the dwarves. Get some of that in ya. Well, how, do, how, do you, how does that make you feel, going back over that? Like I old, wasted old my memories. fucking life. <laughs> like I fucking pissed away. <laughs> Everything that could have been good in my life. <laughs> so, uh, you gonna break we... out some dwarves? <laughs> I don't think you ever gave the new dwarves a proper shot. You're right, I didn't, because I didn't want to fucking paint up a bunch of gyrocopters. <laughs> well, you could just use the same old shit, because it was just better than it was. Well, if I. I even bought the models, and then, like, I bought two gyros, I bought some hammers slash longbeards and shit, and I just ended up selling them all on eBay, because I was like, I'm not, I'm not taking a step backwards here. Oh, uh, yeah. That's why you never bang your ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> I only look forward, my friend, never back. <laughs> We're banging the new ex-wife. <laughs> the future ex-wife. <laughs> oh, interesting. So, at any point, do you see yourself painting dwarves again? Or yeah, it depends what ninth brings. If there's uh, no fucking dwarves, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Kind of a... Oh, the rumors. I could fucking... pile of shit. Do Don't a season what's... with dwarves. Do a season with beastmen while I'm fucking working on Arctonians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope there's dwarves. Because I want to do all those chaos dwarves as dwarves. Yeah. And if there's no dwarves, it puts in <laughs> pretty big chink in that plan. Well, I mean, you could still do it. <laughs> Just won't be able to use it. <laughs> uh, okay, I got a blog pick here. It's the motherfucking Paint Hammer blog. Who, if you follow Paint Hammer, yeah, I think he listens to the show. He's a big Skull Bros fan as well. And it's nice to... Um, so I do follow him. His shit is fucking awesome. Uh, but he's actually got a few other painters on there as well, like the Steve Rand, Dave Frazier. Um, but then, so a lot of the Twitter painters are on there, and it's cool to go there and just have one place to see all the painted pictures of everything yeah. that he does. Sure. Um, so that blog is fucking sweet. It's all right. one of my go-to blogs now for inspiration. So I'll have a link to that motherfucker up on the show notes. Cool. I'm stoked to check it out because I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. It's Paint Hammer. Yeah, man. Sweet, buddy. Moving along. Yeah. Motherfucking army theme. So in the spirit of end times, you know, I've always wanted to do a fucking empire army. Okay. So the idea in, in the I had... the spirit of end times? Well, yeah. The idea I had was to do a loyal empire army, so not still loyal to the emperor, but besieged by the fucking... You know, one of the fucking Nurgle bros. So it's real heavily Nurgle themed. Like, you got units of dudes that are sickly and pallid looking with mm. boobos. You got fucking... Just everybody looks a little sick, really battle-worn and beat up. And they're the city's about to fall. They're fucking completely corrupted by Nurgle disease. And they're just fighting their last fucking stand for the Emperor mm-hmm. before they go down. I think it'd be... Pre- and you could even do mutations and shit. Oh, sounds like a nice double purpose army <laughs> the potential works here well, wouldn't really do you any good as a chaos force because it'd all be on 20 mils well, it depends what nah. yeah your knights and your demigriffs will become your chaos knights oh, and your skull yeah. crushers of Nurgle skull crushers of Nurgle <laughs> I think it'd be fun to do mm-hmm. and plus you're not really being one of the bad guys you're just fucking sickly diseased motherfucker all your all your soldiers would look like Rogers' cock. <laughs> <laughs> so would these be brown skins then? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so uh yeah, I think that'd be a real hoot, you know. Problem is by the time you got it done, the whole end time thing would be long forgotten. <laughs> yeah. But you could make a real cool fucking movement or army board. You know, you got some like beat up burning buildings, a river of fucking filth flowing through the gutter in the city, and mm-hmm. just like dead people laying around, disease. Yeah, sounds interesting. What color color scheme would you do? Well, because I think you're going to work in lots of you know browns and pallid colors and even greens on the skin and disease that they have. So. Something to contrast it. Maybe yellow and red or mm-hmm. red and white. I always like the red and white idea. Yeah. Empire. It's kind of a nice, good color. Yeah, kind really like pops. Classic. So you could have bright Imperial. reds and, and that. But then, yeah, I'd probably go red and white because then you could do yellow tones to the skin to make them look sickly. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a cool idea. Yeah. All right. Options out there. Somebody run with that. <laughs> Two or three years. We'll expect to see a... 
Well done. <laughs> Send us the point hammered at Gmail. Inbox. <laughs> nice. Oh. All right. Moving along. Raj's motherfucking cheap ass segment. Hidden hobby dollars, John. Continued. I can't reiterate. Stress enough. Reiterate. <laughs> Your cheap ass. Emphasize. <laughs> How many words do I have to use here? <laughs> you this cheap one, motherfucker. <laughs> this one is kind of meandering. eBay, hidden, hidden hobby dollars. Um, so I ended up doing a bunch of spell cards. I mentioned that previously. Yeah. So I sold all my extra spell cards, you know, because I was buying them as they come out for armies that I thought I was going to use. Yeah. Or need them for. Sure. I've um, done the same. Yeah, I sold. So I've been selling them. And turns out those little fuckers are pretty valuable. Really? So Skaven spell deck. I had the complete one with... No, I need your reaction here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so I had a complete Skaven spell deck. Yeah. So Lore Ruin, Lore Plague... And then the dreaded 13th spell sold for $54. Oh, my God. When was this? Uh, just a few weeks ago. No shit. Um, and then I had a VC spell deck sold for 38 bucks. Yeah. Fucking um, And then all the other ones, the lore-specific ones, generally sold in like the 20 to $30 kind of dollar range. Fucking A, buddy. So, yeah, they're definitely... Which is weird, considering that they're about to be fucking worthless, right? Well, I don't know. It depends if if you can use all the old books, then all those spells are still oh yeah, still still in play. Yeah. Um, the one thing like the lower magic spells, just the basic ones. Yeah. Yeah, those things sell for like ninety nine cents. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> but yeah, all the race specific ones. I mean, now it's probably the time to unload them. I can't see demand increasing after ninth edition drops. If the books hang around, which they could for a year or two, be mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. But, yeah, eBay spell cards, sell those motherfuckers. <laughs> Great. If, if you want to buy some spell cards, <laughs> use the point hammered link. Wet these beaks. <laughs> Wet these motherfucking bizzles. Mm-hmm. What do we got for question of the month, okay, buddy? Okay, so we're going to wrap this motherfucker up. So I'm going to be on vacation the next time we record. Yeah. So we're actually going to... Skip that one. Um, I think we usually take a break around this time each year for the last couple of years. Yep. So the next episode will be coming out in the beginning of June. Mm-hmm. And that'll be kind of the... Will that be the end of the sixth year and then the start of the seventh? Yeah, or we recorded in late May and released in early June 2009. So, yeah, that'll be six full years. So at that point, we'll be starting the seventh year of Point Hammered. Oh, my so, God. It's like a bad marriage or something. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps just going. stuck in this relationship yeah. that won't end. At this point, we don't have any plans to discontinue it. But um, so the question going forward is: we've kind of used this format for about a year now. I would say it was about yeah. this time last year that we you know, we've been making modifications along the way, trying to do what works for us. Sure. Uh, but yeah, we're just looking for some feedback on what. You've liked so far in the last year what you, think you of would our, like us to carry forward yeah. or discontinue, or if you have any ideas for new segments we could add. Or replace uh, some old ones. Yeah, the show 
the army theme thing's getting a little difficult. I, I spent a whole hour and a half this morning at work <laughs> thinking about an army theme for today. Well, yeah, maybe. I think we can always come up with something, though. Yeah. If people enjoy it. So, yeah, the shows probably won't get any longer, but we can swap out some segments or yeah. add some new interesting things. Is there any value to the feedback. sex toy segment at this point? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, that's your mission. Over the next month. Should you choose to accept it? Yeah. Send us a fucking email, you layabouts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I think that's it. Are we yeah. fucking done, buddy? Yeah. I'm giving the old so. fucking suck my balls. What are we going to go out with here? Yeah, we're going to kick it out with some more Cell Dweller. This track is called Alara. Also pretty fucking epic. Mm. When you're running around with your combi rifles, taking <laughs> pot shots at fucking Pan-Oceana assholes. <laughs> And stupid armor. So, yeah. Alara, suck my balls. That's my base.